Hi, we see Sebastian Borges of the Sandbox, a metaverse made by players like you that create, own, and govern in this imaginative space. Keep listening to the edge of NFT and make sure you also co-create with this awesome team I'm with today. Hey, all you NFT curious listeners. Check out today's episode to learn how the Sandbox is turning a $93 million investment into a playground for the creative class of the future. How our guest today used his childhood interest in programming to get a jump start on his career. And also find out which world-class hip-hop legend is amped about the Sandbox and is part of a cool giveaway for Edge of NFT listeners. All this and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Sebastian Bourget, co-founder and COO of The Sandbox, a unique virtual world where players can build, own, and monetize their gaming experiences using Sand, the main utility token of the platform. Besides helping to realize The Sandbox vision, Sebastian is an active speaker and evangelist on the opportunity NFTs bring to gaming. Sebastian also became the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance in 2020, a nonprofit organization of 170 key members of the industry, and was recently named in the top 100 most influential people in crypto by Cointelegraph. Sebastian, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Hi, everyone. Awesome. Great to have you here. Great to have you, man. Yeah, we'll work on some introduction music next time. Maybe if you got a favorite tune or something. <laughs> something by maybe Snoop Dogg. I'm just foreshadowing something there interesting. But anyways, there you go. let's go. <laughs> we had Jim Jones on the show, so we got to have Snoop Dogg on the show at some point soon. You know, I don't think there's a day in the last two months, Sebastian, that Sandbox has not come up in conversation between us and someone. But for those that aren't familiar with all the amazing things that you're doing, It'd be great if you could just kick off with how this idea and team came about. And let's hear your Genesis story. Absolutely. The Sandbox story is actually a long one. It started about 10 years ago, originally as a mobile game on iOS and Android. We decided that we wanted to use new technology, back then smartphone and touchscreen, to enable anyone to become a creator, a player to become creators. And just by the touch of their finger to share any kind of uh, like pixelated world, playing around with physical elements, uh, uh, some sort of like a Mario maker, and then sharing those creation online where other could play it. It became quickly a large success with more than 40 million installed, 70 million player made creation. And users were literally spending hours, days to create amazing content. Yet, content that actually contributed to bring more downloads, more players, more revenue, and led to our company being acquired in 2018 by Animocabra. And yet, we had no way to reward those creators for the contribution they brought in and making it a success. So there was this frustration that we had after 
being so successful with UGC and at the same time not being able to reward creators fairly, giving them back for the value they have. I was back then still playing with technology and discovering blockchain, Bitcoin. And at the end of 2017, I actually saw, wow, there's a first, for the first time, there's a game that uses blockchain. Let's try out. And I was a crypto kit. So I bought my first crypto kitties by then. And immediately I saw the potential of like combining that technology, the NFT that allows those virtual cats to be stored in a wallet can be transferred to any users and sold on marketplace like then OpenSea. And instead of like having just developers and professional companies that make that, let's open it to everyone. Let's combine user-generated content and NFTs to empower creators, let them own and monetize their creation. And so we started to work on from the ground up on a new version of Sandbox, this time 3D, much player, much platform, using NFTs and Sand Token at the center to give back value to those players and creators. And that's essentially the genesis of like, building this decentralized web-free gaming virtual world that you see now as sandbox. It's a great vision. Jeff, Josh, and I, we all get excited about this idea of rewarding creators. We see the growth of the creator economy being a huge part of the future as robots take our normal jobs and such. It's really refreshing to hear that not everybody's going to be frustrated <laughs> that creators aren't getting uh, rewarded. You know, in fact, there's other businesses out there we don't have to mention that don't necessarily care how much the creators get rewarded. So this is really beautiful. Can you dive a little bit deeper into kind of the experience that people have with the sand token and how people end up getting rewarded through engaging with the sandbox? Yes, sandbox is like this platform with multiple tools, creation tools, marketplace, map, so Vox Edit for the 3D editor, Game Maker, which is no code for making games. And even the player side now with the alpha that we launched around end of November. So we touched down with many different audiences and communities. And what that means that it's shaping to become that open metaverse that allows all sorts of audience to interact and to earn. And to earn, like, I'm really talking about like new digital jobs, new revenue stream for people who contribute either as player or as creator into Sandbox. We're touching to both to the creator economy and the play to earn. We have already hundreds of artists making 3D assets, such as the one you're seeing behind me, that are like game items animated that can be used with the no-code game maker. We have dozens of like metaverse architect studios virtual fashion designers, game designers, level designers, many more community managers, hosts, virtual show designers, people who are essentially creating all the content that's populating, is going to populate the land and experiences. And I do believe like 99% of the metaverse will be user-made. So it's important to empower the creator and provide them the tools to do so. And those are opportunities that are really offering like real revenue. We are talking like revenue that goes beyond like the minimum wage in many countries, not just like third world countries, but like talking about the US, Canada, France, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, etc. Those creators who some of them, and I, I talk with them quite often, like they move from being just single individual, discovering sandbox and building for himself, sharing over social media, becoming popular. Now they became studios of hiring like 10, 20, 40, I was, the largest one is 80 people as of today. 
So that those are large companies, businesses now that can become profitable by servicing and creating experience for all our 17,000 landowners, IP brands and more. It's also enabling players now to earn since we introduced Alpha. There's been 5,000 Alpha Pass distributed either to landowner or to users who came and engaged with one of the four public hubs. And users, they participate into 18 experiences that get released and unveiled progressively until uh, December 20th. And if they complete the nine quests, simple quests, basically taking like 5, 20, 30 minutes a day, they will be able to claim a thousand sand and free exclusive NFT. So effectively, we're creating engagement, we are creating fun, we are showcasing some of the possibilities of what it is concretely the metaverse for any user. We are rewarding engagement and that rewards are in the form of NFTs and sand token. Just to give you a rough idea, a thousand sand token is, is about five thousand dollars today. So it's more than for many countries, more than one month's salary sometimes your salary, depending. And it's a great example of like what will happen once 166, 464 lands will be opening and anyone can launch its own play to earn season in Sandbox. There will be a huge scale network effect and there will be a great diversity for anyone entering with his avatar to choose from how they want to have fun, how they want to spend time, how they want to potentially earn a revenue from those activities and other experiences. Yeah, man, this is so cool. It's so exciting. So as a landowner, let's view it from that perspective for a moment. What are those opportunities? Like, how are those opportunities going to evolve here over time? It seems like there is some real potential there. And that's a great transition because that's the last opportunity I didn't really talk about. Like now, like lands is becoming like infrastructure. I think like people really understand well the concept of virtual real estate around the world. And land in Sandbox has become one of the most highest ranked NFT collection over OpenSea. Over the past 10 days, we've generated more than $85 million of uh, GMV. Over a lifetime, more than $300 million of GMV. It's easy to understand. Essentially, owning a land, you can either rent it to uh, someone else or you can use it, build an experience, and through that, access monetization. And why it's so exciting and potentially a great revenue generator is because like building into the metaverse, building into the virtual world, it's so much easier and faster than being, building in the real world. We're just talking about like hours, days, maybe weeks at worst, create content in the metaverse. And you're touching like a global audience. Like we have IPs from Korea, from US, from Europe. Meaning like we have users from all around the world that can come and discover your land. Whereas in the physical world, location matters, of course, but you have to choose a town. You have to choose a country. You're limited on your impact. And it takes not just days or hours or weeks. It takes months, if not years, to start operating something. So with this magnitude acceleration of time, plus also not being bounded by any sort of like physical laws limitation like really like the only limit becomes your imagination you want to create light effect you want to have flying creators you want to make floating island also all the cool stuff that just come out of someone's imagination you can do that in the metaverse that makes also it fun entertaining and people want to discover those kind of things it's pretty cool i've always wanted my own blimp so i'm gonna have to figure that out 
this is the Web3 economy. This is the convergence that we've all been talking about. It's just amazing to hear what you're doing. I mean, you're literally changing the world. You're co-creating the future with, and you're inviting everyone to the table. So I'm just so excited about the journey that is ahead for Sandbox. And on that note, you know, I know you recently transitioned from your early testing and to the alpha launch. And we're really excited to learn about sort of what these adventures are going to be like and what this experience is going to be. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think like everyone now is wondering what's the metaverse since Facebook started to rebrand itself as meta and just almost every day, everywhere people talk about the metaverse. To simplify, I would describe it just as a place, a digital parallel universe or a virtual world or a myriad of virtual world actually, where we're all going to be more socially connected and live more immersive experience. Some kind that we can not do into the physical world. And we're going to do that not necessarily through VR or complex interface, but just 3D characters that represent ourselves, our new digital identity to that virtual world. We hope that we, we're building this open metaverse where users are self-sovereign. They own their identity through these avatars. They own their currency. They own their digital asset in the form of NFTs. And they can transfer those assets from one place to another. They can reuse it from one virtual world to another. They can engage into things that are like more than game or socializing. These are just very little examples of what's possible in the metaverse. They are going to see like virtual shows, virtual concerts, art galleries, museums. Of course, games. Games is essential, but it's not the only thing you're going to see. And that's the great variety of experience that makes the metaverse exciting for many. Very cool. Yeah, it seems like sky's the limit, really, right? And everything is accelerating so quickly in terms of development and how these worlds are forming over time. And we know it takes resources, though, to do that. I mean, we have time and knowledge, but also money to help bring in talent and, and continue to work and explore these things. And so we know you've raised... million recently. Congratulations. Big chunk of change, of course. How does that impact your roadmap and what we should expect from here? So indeed, on November 2nd, we announced like raising our Series B round led by SoftBank Vision Fund 2, as well as uh, Liberty City Venture, Galaxy Interactive, Animoca Brands, Samsung Next, LG Tech Venture, and a few other strategic investors. And it took, I think, first of all, it's a great endorsement, validation of like strategic funds. Some of them have been supporting some of the most innovative companies in the world and shaping technology, internet, and the way we're using and interacting with technology for the past 20 years. Endorsing the idea of like, we need to build a web free decentralized metaverse, not keep supporting those web two platforms. Now with these funds, we're going to be able to hire more to keep building our platform, improving our tools and let them creators really push their limit of their imagination and build more experience. We're going to be able to bring more IPs and brands. So Metaverse is going to be a place which should be fun, should be like really like this almost like nonstop entertainment because you have great variety of artists, of virtual shows, of concerts, of celebrities, and thing that brings you closer to your favorite brand. Of, and then after the less fun things, I would say like server costs, uh, etc. And then obviously uh, continue to 
evangelize and through marketing action, bring more and more users towards web free NFTs and metaverse. And really exciting, man. All that stuff coming together. And, you know, some of the less sexy stuff that you mentioned, servers and infrastructure stuff. I mean, that, that's required to make this thing go. And I think a lot of people don't realize everything that goes into the back end of this thing of projects of companies such as yours and others. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot of it because it's not as it's not as sexy as, uh, as talking about uh, Josh's uh, blimp that he's going to be getting. But it's still, it's so important. It's good, it's good to elevate that because it costs money and it requires talent and effort and knowledge and resources that I think the public eye doesn't necessarily see very frequently. Yeah. And going back to that theme of creator economy, right? That's part of why we get so amped about tech and blockchain in general is because when you're investing in this domain, you're investing in creating the future. What is the future going to be like? What is the metaverse going to be like? What is a platform that allows creators to be creators look like? And so that's really exciting too, that that's where these funds get applied, that as a society and that there's so many enthusiastic investors out there to help participate in this. You've also partnered with some sort of influencers and very special folks out there. This first one, I'm not really familiar with Snoop Dogg, but anyways, uh, <laughs> no, but you've got Hell's Kitchen, The Walking Dead, Smurfs. I mean, it runs the gamut. Adidas is one of, one of your major partners. How has all of this brought forth a new wave of, of business opportunities? Can you expound upon that a little bit? Well, just like almost everything, it started pretty slow. It used to take us like about almost a year to convince the first brand to enter and like <laughs> believe the vision of like true ownership and letting the community have NFTs and use that as medium to bring them closer. One thing that Sandbox does very well is like we, all the NFTs in Sandbox have true utility. You can build your own game experience that combines all those NFTs from your favorite brand and you can publish it on the land and monetize it. We have exciting features that are just accessible by anyone and like starting to launch your own NFT ticket to restrict potentially access only to the holder of that land and make it like more a space just for the holders of it. And as a community, that's also definitely very interesting. Now, like the situation is very different. Like you said, we have like Walking Dead, the dog, Adidas announced entering Sandbox. Steve Aoki was announced yesterday, and then we have all other family-friendly entertainment, Pororo, Care Bears, Smurf, etc. It's going to keep accelerating like this and probably snowball by network effects. And more and more brands, more and more celebrities, they will feel like how oh, it will be harder and harder for them not to have a presence in the metaverse, not to be able to engage with their community in a more meaningful manner, something that to their true fans will bring value to their true collectors, or they will be delivering. So in a way, like what we are seeing with uh, Board Ape, for example, like it's turning into like these special social statues with access to both online and physical world events. They're having, they're, they're doing a great job here at, at leveraging this community aspect. And we are helping those brands to, to really think and define themselves. Like what does it mean we're entering a metaverse? Is it about user-generated content? Is it about like making sure that the next generation and after they will keep enjoying our brands and in a new manner, like having the utility as like gamified item, equipment, new powers, uh, etc. And I think it's great to have that balance between user-generated content on one side, a lot of creativity and brands on the other side. 
not just brand and make it purely commercial. We don't want the metaverse to become like a, a Times Square full of billboard. We want it to be like a place where culture will express itself in so many different ways. That's not just focused on like commerce and transaction, but more focused on like community value and social relationship between you humans. Yeah, I'm really excited that you mentioned the Care Bears there. I hadn't, I was not aware of that. And I'm imagining you've got somebody being mean in the metaverse and you could have a, a literal Care Bear stare, you know? know. Yes. <laughs> Making like a hidden checkpoint or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunately, I have to step away from this very engaging conversation to sort of co-create the future of Edge of NFT in another call. But I got to ask, you know, we were there in art Basel, let's call it NFT Basel, because that's really what it was. And I know you announced that the big partnership with Snoop. Give our listeners a little glimpse into that relationship. What was it like to sort of talk to Snoop about his involvement and in the sandbox? And what was that launch experience like? You don't have to get into exact specifics on what may or may not have been inhaled by at least one of the parties in the room. But what was it like working with Snoop and, and what's he excited about when it comes to collaborating? I think, well, it's very exciting. Like what Snoop represents for many people, like he's this hip hop legend. Like uh, a lot of people, a lot of countries, he's global. He's known, he's representing success for many people. And he keeps pushing himself, reinventing himself. And that. If you look at which are the top celebrities who are the most present into and, and involved into NFTs, owning NFT himself, launching new experience, various experience, AR, skateboard, their first concert into the metaverse, his avatar collection coming up in Sandbox, his lands and etc. He and his team have been doing a fantastic job. They were he was not the first, but definitely he catching up, and now I believe. Based on a recent DAP radar report, he's the one who has owned the largest NFT connection and more. So he gets it. And he's always thinking like, how do I create something new and engaging for my fan? And one thing that came up when we brainstorm what we can do is like to bring his mansion, make it accessible to anyone or just the, and make his first concert accessible to the pass holders and create maybe the early access pass, which like if you own it, you will receive new drops, access to a different kind of perks, etc. He really gets community and he's willing to push, uh, like to push the way like people will see him, etc. And that I think is great because it's inspiring more people now. Uh, and that there was a before and after Snoop entered NFTs in general. Like everyone who saw his first teaser was saying, "Wow, that's really cool the way he did it in Sandbox." People could project that. So we're going to have to start defining time now before Snoop in <laughs> NFTs. Yes, I, I hope. <laughs> in the same way, like uh, Travis Scott did like really push the concept of, okay, what should be virtual concert? And it helped push Fortnite. And everyone will always refer to that moment. Yeah. I hope that will be like, okay, the Snoop moment, that was then. Yeah, and I think, you know, just like back in the day, Nobody had a website for their company, right? It is not too long ago that that was the case. And it's crazy to think that somebody wouldn't have a web presence now, right? And the same is true of the metaverse, right? It's so obvious that that's coming. But so many people don't yet know that that is. That's the track that everybody 
in the world is on right now. Personal individuals, companies, celebrities, brands, it's all coming. And it's just amazing how early we really are in that awareness cycle at this stage. So interesting. Sebastian, one of the other things that we always like to, to talk to folks about and we're really curious about is what other projects you look to or are seeing out there right now that inspire you? What are you getting excited about beyond the things in your immediate orbit? So many things. Like I've been always supporting for like building that ecosystem around blockchain gaming. Uh, that's why I decided to become the president of the Blockchain Game Alliance. The, every month when new members join, I see the presentation of what they are building. I see demo days where I can where they are showing the real product as it is, as they just built. And it's great to see like how it's been evolving. Like guilds this year are definitely playing a larger part. Subdows we are now talking about, like they are like creating smaller organization around specific games. The fact that so many games are now available and yet still early. So by next year, I'm sure like they will, will no longer talk about dozen or hundred of games, but thousand, ten of thousands pushing game available. How DeFi last year really took off and start to let us rethink the way that like we interact with token, we stake token, we create values protocol to optimize yield around like various token holdings, while governance comes in place, how retro drops as well. I'm, I've seen like the DAP radar, I've seen the, the ENS one. I really enjoy that like, rewarding community, even for past action, past uh, engagement across product. I find that very powerful. And of course, blockchain games. So, so like from... Everything, Axie Infinity, My Abra Alice, uh, Alien Worlds, Dollar Land, many more. It's pretty exciting already, the possibilities, and it's still very early on. So yeah, true to the nature of crypto, blockchain, and uh, in particular, as we've seen in the realm of NFTs, community, right? And collaboration and gaining inspiration from everybody in the space and supporting each other and lifting each other up. That's what's making this all so powerful, I think, now. And uh, it's, it's exciting to hear that from you. Yeah, I think I'm realizing, too, we, we got to get in the Blockchain Game Alliance. I think it'd be a great org to be a part of. I mean, we don't have a game per se, but I feel like it's such it's such a good fit with the topics that we cover and the people that we talk with um, be a good fit. So well, you, you, you definitely don't need to be producing game. Like the Blockchain Game Alliance, like regroups like members from all corners of the industry, like investors, media, marketplaces, uh, developer solution, anyone who has an interest to facilitate the development, the discovery, the interaction, the community management, and other aspects are very welcome. Uh, like This is part of that whole ecosystem. It's different from traditional gaming, and that's what we want to show. Well, we'd love to help contribute and participate. That would be amazing. It's a great idea, Ethan. Well, Sebastian, again, really appreciate your thoughts on everything that you're working on. I guess, gosh, it's a rocket ship and, and we're really excited to have this opportunity to, to speak with you about it. Hi, we love having listeners like you because you're not only generous, but you're smart and you want to maximize the impact of your generosity. Donating money to help people can be a wonderful and selfless act, but how can you feel confident that your donations are improving or saving lives effectively? You could do weeks of research to find the charities that are out there, programs that they run, how effective those programs are, and how the charity might use your money. Or you could visit GiveWell.org. There, you'll get a short vetted list of the best charities they've found at saving or improving lives per dollar. 
GiveWell spends over 20,000 hours each year researching charitable organizations and only recommends a few of the highest impact evidence back to charities they found. Here's an example of how we at Edge of NFT make our charitable contributions go super far. Quick search on GiveWell's website, found their maximum impact fund, clicked donate, sent crypto to their address, done. Their maximum impact fund distributes quarterly to the charities that they believe will do the most good. GiveWell accepts a broad variety of popular tokens and provides a simple way to document your donation. If you've never donated to GiveWell's recommended charities before, you can have your donation matched up to $250 before the end of the year or as long as matching funds last. To claim your match, go to GiveWell.org and pick podcast and enter Edge of NFT at checkout. Make sure they know you heard about GiveWell from Edge of NFT to get your donation matched. We wanted to shift gears, though, a little bit and hear your personal perspective on some things. Let our listeners get to know you a little bit better from that perspective. And it's a section that we call Edge Quick Hitters. So again, a fun, quick way to get to know you. There's 10 questions, and we're looking for short, you know, single word or few word answers, but we can expand if we get the urge. Let's do it. Question number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Maga, like kids magazine, a Mickey magazine, it's called in French, like a, a weekly comic book, a comic magazine with only Disney, Mickey, Donald stories. Fun. A lot of ties to the, the realm of NFTs there. Do you still have like, like comics or do you have any of those old ones that you got when you were a kid? Some of them are pretty valuable. I think, yes, somewhere in a box, they are dearly kept. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Okay, question number two. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? My skills, basically. So one thing I've done pretty well when I was already a teenager is that I learned development and I was starting to sell like open source scripts for various forums and other software that I was improving. And it actually like attracted many customers like built a large community and provided support, etc. Awesome. How young were you when you started coding? Well, uh, around 13 by then. Awesome. Question number three. What is the most recent thing you purchased? I think that we bought some NFTs today. There was a great drop from uh, Blaze Game, which is one of like this fantastic success story. The guy lost his job during from Australia, lost his job during the pandemic, found Sandbox, won at several Game Jam after learning Game Jam being like short time limited competition. And then funded his studio. And now he's making in a seven-figure a year term of revenue and works with the best communities like uh, Goethe, Gat Gang, etc. And today he has his drop and it sold out so fast. Like I was really <laughs> amazed. Wow. Yeah, we'd actually got a chance awesome. to talk to Blaze Games uh, when we were in Miami. So that'll be on an episode at some point here. Oh, soon. can wait. Cool. That's fun. Cool. Number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? Well, holder. So if you look at my wallet, you will see I haven't sold anything from my wallet. Like it's pretty boring. We just collect things and we let it, we use it for sandbox or just keep. Right. Yeah. The best of the best. So kind of lens, hold on. <laughs> maybe, maybe not personally, but, but the last thing we sold, we sold lamps today. That was the Steve Aoki land sale. It sold out pretty fast as usual. Yeah. High quality drops there. That's amazing. Great. Yeah, that definitely counts. Question number five, what is your most prized possession? I think like love has no price. I wouldn't call a family a possession, but I feel lucky to have a dear, lovely family around me supporting. Well put. Absolutely. Question number six, if you could buy anything in the world, 
digital, physical, a service and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? I don't have an answer to that question. So it's okay. That, I'm, uh, yeah. Anything like, you got your eye on, you know, anything out there? Tra- tra- yeah, I don't know if you're a traveler or a, uh, a collector of anything uh, beyond the digital realm, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big collector. Well, I guess like maybe a signed uh, Japanese comic from one of my favorite series or one of the very first Magic the Gathering cards, Black Lotus. Uh, it's something I've still been hiring for. And then I wonder like, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. No, that's cool. So let's shift gears a little bit. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? How would you say like, like to be always thankful for what you have now, no matter how hard it was to get there in a way. Like don't look at how hard it was. Just look at, okay, is that situation worth all the way and usually yes it's always worth all the pains yeah absolutely yeah very nice so the flip side of that if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation what would that be well don't try to solve all the matters (laughs) or go to this be more patient in the way you want to try to solve some of the things or grow yes understood it's it's hard I, i have to imagine especially in your position, being around so much opportunity and so many problems in need of solving, right? Big problems in some cases to be able to filter that and to choose the ones to work on. Question number nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was on another call and it was quite an interesting call around like virtual real estate fund from traditional brick and mortar shopping malls and internet e-commerce website. So discussing how they could leverage this and create various ways to engage with their customer in a new manner, gamified and more. Exciting. Cool. We'll keep an eye out for some announcements there soon. Question number 10, last one. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Well, I'm going to go back to production as we have to plan for this week distribution of the Alpha Pass, the last one for the week and the last one overall until December 20th when everyone who participated into the Alpha will be able to claim their free exclusive NFTs and follow themselves. I know, busy times, man. Well, well, we do appreciate you helping us out and, uh, and answering some fun questions for Edge Quick Hitters. So that's a wrap on that. Hey there. Want to know which NFT mints are taking off? Would you like to know about them in real time while they're still taking off? What about tracking NFTs before they launch and seeing which ones are gathering a real Twitter following or boosting their discords? Which ones are hot and could take off like a rocket because so many people are excited for their launch? Mythia, a forthcoming NFT project themselves, have built both of these tools for you even before they've launched, and it's free, just because they're cool like that. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Mythia to find out more. That's M-Y-T-H-I-A. Find out any upcoming NFTs, Discord, and Twitter growth trajectory, and which mints are happening in real time so you can jump on if you see them taking off. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Mythia to find out more. M-Y-T-H-I-A. Yes, it's free. I'm heading there now myself. I think we have a little time for a couple hot topics, actually. What do you think, Ethan? Uh, yeah, sure. We were going to we gonna skip it, but let's go for it. Okay, so let's talk about millennials and Gen Z 
are planning to spend thousands on cryptocurrency, NFTs, and metaverse land as holiday gifts. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, it's so interesting also just imagining what the receiver... Listen, I've heard it said that if you were to just go pick what's on people's Amazon wish list, right? That those are the best gifts to give. Like, don't get creative. Like, pick what people want. So I can see that if somebody wants cryptocurrency, NFTs, metaverse land as a holiday gift, go for it. But if you're the person who's obsessed with it and they're kind of going to be obsessed with it, but not for a year or two, I don't know. You might get some funny looks. (laughs) Have you heard of folks doing that within the sandbox, Sebastian? Gifting NFTs? uh, I think I heard a few stories, yes, uh, like buying for the kids, some like already preparing, serving, saving property, and you can leverage that in the future, training the younger generation, etc. Wedding, yes. We have some here and there, people who want to do these kind of things too in the metaverse. That's really interesting. And what it tells is like, essentially, we're becoming a place where those social interactions can happen. At the end of the day, if NFT is helping to bring people together through this the ownership and the, the fact it creates community of owners. That's great. That's what we're looking for. What's interesting with this new generation, and we are less, I guess we're all 30 and above here. Like we still grown with a culture of like, oh, I need to own that book, that marble, that those trading cards physically. But they don't. Like they're born with like uh, iTunes, Netflix. They don't care about owning the DVD anymore or the special collector. They only care about like the digital content. And so it's going to be a big shift in the next decade and more when like the majority of population is more attached to like digital goods and they will have the same kind of feeling, joy, really attached to those than physical one. And it's cool because actually the, the kind of thing you see as an FT art, etc., like they are definitely more fun than my card that did nothing on screen. It was just like flat and, and could just, oh, I own it, but doesn't move, etc. Versus right. all those things they can play around, etc. The value system between the different generation is interesting. And we're definitely going toward a world where like, the digital economy will represent and overbalance the physical world economy, which might actually be great for the future. Like technology could help for an even more sustainable future. We'll produce less goods that become perishable, etc. We are developing content that creates opportunities for people to connect uh, in, a, in specifically in a hard time. Like I cannot imagine that generation of students that went through two years of COVID and couldn't connect socially. Those very first connection that's so important as they begin their job life and their job life like they meet nobody into social life so all of that will have a profound impact on society as well and that can be a long topic to debate but i do think we have a role to play in this and nfts metaverse can do that definitely maybe one for us to talk about it uh, at nft la in february during your keynote sebastian how about that <laughs> totally and just one more thing on this topic, which I'm just thinking of, maybe foreseeing an evolution of, of digital souvenirs, right? I've been getting souvenirs from my four-year-old when we go to these conferences in Miami or, or New York and things like that. And it's interesting just the process of it because, you know, they're a kid, you give it to them. The like, most exciting thing is just opening it and then, then they like lose it or something, right? 
so there's that aspect of things like a digital items kind of interesting. You can have the opening process be even more exciting, but also there's that, that interesting concept of maybe an item that you can only purchase, like an augmented reality type of experience where you can only purchase it by being in a location. It's affiliated with the location and the culture there, but you are able to sort of export it, right? And bring it home and share it with somebody. So we'll see if tech goes that way, but I think that could be kind of cool. You should talk with uh, Kierina from Flick Play. I believe that she's building something very cool around like digital asset that gets unlocked only if you're sp- to a special area or then as NFT could be purchased from secondary market from other users. What is it called? Flick Play? Flick Play, yes. Okay, very cool. Amazing. We'll check it out. Guy's a limit there. Did you want to do one uh, another hot topic, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Let's do the next one. All right, excellent. Let's hit it. Next one is General Catalyst has led a $7 million investment in AR startup selling NFT jetpacks. So after months of NFT mania and Facebook's recent name change to Meta, fair to say Metaverse Shatter has reached a fever pitch. While crypto investors are buying up avatars and digital swaths of land in hopes the digital universe will spring up around these projects, and unclear, it's unclear which projects, if any, will stand the test of time. And of course, it, this is a story also, is this about Jadu, right? Who we've had on the show. And so they've taken a leap here and made some big investment in that. Of course, we met the founder of Jadu, a super smart guy. And there's clearly a lot of potential there, but it's also a, a big investment, $7 million. Yeah, I guess they also had their hoverboard sale and, and that did very well. I think they sold that out here, uh, I think it was last weekend. So they did very well with that. It's awesome to see. So Asad Malik, who's the uh, CEO, is, was telling us all about the interactions here. And it's really fun. It, it reminded us a lot of what like Pokemon Go was, right? But just at a whole new level. And when you see some of the demos and, and really how this can be a lot of fun and what it can become just in terms of an entertainment experience is pretty awesome. But then when you take it to the next level and you really think about the opportunity for people to earn or find or win valuable NFTs in places where the value of that NFT really moves the needle for them, then you realize, wow, there, there's another layer to this thing. There's a socioeconomic impact of what their vision is as well. That's super cool. It, it, it harkens back to a lot of what you were saying before, Sebastian, of really the, the impact of what is happening in the space on the world in a really meaningful way. Sebastian, do you have familiarity with, with the Jadu... Uh... Jetpack brand, and have you had any interaction with that? Obviously, yes. <laughs> and uh, the main reason is like those jetpacks, first free jetpack will built with VoxEdit, the 3D editor of uh, Sandbox, and uh-huh. they will have utility in Sandbox as well, like showing true interoperability of NFT. The overboard as well, like they created an overboard for Snoop Dogg, and you can see Snoop Dogg avatar and the overboard both made in VoxEdit again, like the 3D editor of Sandbox. Uh, in AR. It's a great way already to, to make NFT fun to see and to interact with from a mobile phone. That's one utility among many others. And this is just one of the first based on the roadmap and plan I'm aware of. Like it's, I cannot say more, but, but it's just one way to get people into NFTs. And from there, they will have many more interesting things to offer to those uh, users. Yeah, fun stuff. Really looking forward to it. We may have a couple jetpacks and hoverboards ourselves, so you may see us out there floating around in the world of Jadu soon and in Sandbox. 
Yeah, I mean, this is also something that I that was inspiring earlier when we talked about making a place for people to create things. And there is some level of, I don't want to call it disappointment, but maybe that's what it is when, you know, you say, wouldn't jetpacks be cool? Wouldn't hoverboards be cool in the real world? And then we're just, you know, kind of making them in a digital world, right? And that's kind of how we manifest our dreams about what's possible in, <laughs> in the real world. Of course, there's projects that are, there's flying cars and all kinds of cool things going on in the real world as well. But on the counter side of that, what's interesting is people actually using the metaverse as a way to let their imagination run wild and then actually translating that into the real world, right? And we saw that when we did interview folks from Blaze Games and 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 uh, the Guttercat gang when we were in Miami, they took the sort of virtual experience of gutter cats that they had imagined and they took this warehouse and basically converted it into like a gutter cat world, right? So that's clearly going to be a really cool way the metaverse allows for things to happen in the real world that are literally unimagined. Excited about that. Most definitely exciting times, man. Yeah, well, look, I think that's a, a wrap on hot topics and a wrap really on the core content of the show. You know, Sebastian, it's been great having you. Really love to, to learn about the sandbox some more about what your roadmap is about you personally, your perspective on these amazing things happening in the space. Let me ask, where can listeners go to learn more about you and the projects that you're working on every single day? Well, Twitter is a great source of information. Our Discord channel, following them, uh, Telegram group. So let me type just a single URL where you can connect with Sandbox and all its social, that's linktree slash Sandbox. And yeah, following us, give you access to all, all the different things, cool things that are happening within our ecosystem. We retweet creators, we show them. You get notified of like our update, the new celebrities coming in and more. And I think we, we have something to announce maybe as a closing. Yes, we do. Absolutely. So word on the street is we have a little giveaway. Would you love to share with our listeners what that's going to be? All right. So there's a hint. He's behind me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's the king, the hip hop legend. So we're giving away one of the early access pass NFTs from a Snoop Dogg. That pass that will give you access to like various perks, including a future NFT drop from Snoop, etc. I think it's it's a really cool one. And there will be one given away to the listeners. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so much fun. And again, on that link tree, it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash sandbox. So check that out there and keep an eye on our socials because we'll be giving you all the details on how to win that amazing NFT. Thank you so much for your generosity on that, Sebastian. Very cool. Okay, well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And don't forget, as a member of the Edge of NFT ecosystem, you're part of a community defined by collaboration and co-creation. Right now, we're giving you a literal opportunity to plant seeds with us and grow deep roots and broad branches together through NFTs. We're breaking ground on our own special NFT collections. Please head over to spiritseeds.xyz to find out more about our collection of only 100 spirit seeds that will ever be minted that's being created in collaboration with NFT influencer and one of our favorite human beings on the planet, Nicole Buffett. Stay tuned to our Discord at edgeofnft.com slash discord 
to get the inside scoop on our upcoming Living Tree NFT drop. Between these projects, we aim to plant tens of thousands of trees with you and offset thousands of metric tons of carbon emissions. At the same time, you'll get special access to giveaways and events, as well as even more opportunities to co-create and collaborate with us here at Edge of NFT. Check out edgeofnft.com slash discord to join our discord and plant your roots within our community now. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.